en el nombre del Padre, del Hijo y del Espíritu Santo. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Aleluya. Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Aleluya. Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Dearly beloved, 
we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, to render thanks for the great benefits that we have received at His hands, to set forth His most worthy praise, to hear His holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation, and so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship Him, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by His infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against You in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone, we have not loved you with a whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your name. Amen. The Almighty and Merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of His Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, open our lips, and our mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Alleluia, the Lord is risen indeed. Come, let us adore him. Alleluia. Christ our Passover. Alleluia. Christ our Passover has been sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Alleluia! Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death that he died, he died to sin, once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives in God. So also consider yourselves dead to sin, and alive to God in Jesus Christ our Lord. Alleluia! Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep, for since by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. Alleluia. A reading from Psalm 116. I love the Lord, because he has heard the voice of my supplication, because he has inclined his ear to me whenever I called upon him. The cords of death entangled me. The grip of the grave took hold of me. I came to grief and sorrow. Then I called upon the name of the Lord. O oh Lord, I pray you, save my life. How shall I repay the Lord for all the good things he has done for me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his servants. 
O Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant and the child of your handmaid. You have freed me from my bonds. I will offer you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call upon the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of you, O Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. A reading from the Next Apostles. Peter, standing with eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Let the entire house of Israel know with certainty that God has made him both Lord and Messiah, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are in the way, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. And he testified with many other arguments, and exhorted them, saying, Save yourself from this corrupt generation. For those who welcomed his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 persons were added. The word of the Lord.
Peter, since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him, you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. And now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Now on that same day, two of Jesus' disciples were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleophas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were open, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road, and how he had made known to them in the breaking of the bread. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. What things? What things indeed? Allow me to tell you a story. The passage of the Gospel according to Luke tells us that two of Jesus' disciples were on the road, and Jesus himself came near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? One of them, named Cleopas, says, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place in these days? He could change a few words to fit our situation today. Are you the only stranger in enter town or city, who does not know the things that have taken place in these days. He could reply, what things? 
what things indeed. Somebody could ask us, have you been living under a rock? I would like you to think about the two disciples. Who are they? Scripture tells us that the one is called Cleopas, but the second one does not have a name, no name at all. We will get back to this point a little later. It is very possible that today you wore a mask, and if you said hello to anyone, I hope you did not shake hands. Some of us are bowing to each other, maybe an elbow bump. In my case, I have been using the Vulcan hand salute, and if you're a friend, maybe I add the words, peace and long life, and if the person is a Star Trek fan, the reply could be, live long and prosper. Yep, Star Trek. And speaking of Star Trek, let me ask you, did you wear a red shirt today? You may or may not be aware, but there is a long-running joke among Star Trek fans the joke later became an internet meme in regards to wearing a red shirt. The roots of this go back to the 1966-1969 original television series and the three main characters of Kirk, Spock, and McCoy. In the fictional universe of Star Trek, there is something called Starfleet. Think of it as a navy in space, but it has less of a military focus. Just like in the navy, the officers and crew of Starfleet wear uniforms. They have ranks, and the uniforms come in three main colors. Blue, gold, but really it looks like yellow, and red. Each color is connected to the position or the area of expertise. And it would take too long to explain the details, so just keep in mind that Kirk wears yellow, and both Spock and McCoy wear blue. Okay, yellow and blue. But what about red? You can find all three colors, including red, among the supporting cast members and the extras in the old show. And many times, these extras are the security guards. And yes, they always, always wear red. These are the same red shirt guys, the very usually men, that come along with Kirk, Spock, and McCoy to some new planet, and maybe one of them has a name, but many times we do not know their names. And that means that more than likely they are not coming back from that planet. Somebody tries to ambush Kirk, Spock and McCoy, and Ensign Bobby. Well, bye-bye, Red Shirt. And McCoy says, he's dead, Jim. They find an alien beast. Red Shirt becomes breakfast. You get the point. Blessed are the ones who wear red shirts, or more to the point, blessed are the ones with no names. No, I'm not being sarcastic. In our favorite stories, we tend to identify with the main characters, or with one or more of the supporting characters. This is very human. We are less likely to identify with the nameless characters or extras in a scene, especially if they do not have a name and they get eaten by zombies. Those are the ones that during the credits we read bartender number one, police officer number six, or nurse number four. But does that mean that these characters, these extras, these red shirts, have no story to tell? That's one reason I like the song Piano Man by Billy Joel. We hear about John the bartender that there's some place he'd rather be, he says. Bill, I believe this is killing me. 
as the smile ran away from his face, well, I'm sure that I could be a movie star if I could get out of this place. Bill has dreams, aspirations, and feelings. He's a human being with a story to tell. Think of names in the Bible, and sometimes a person has a name, like Bill in the song, or Cleopas in today's gospel passage. Sometimes, at some point, they get a different name. Abraham becomes Abraham. Saul becomes Paul. Names are important. They have a lot to say about who we are, where we come from, and so on. In fact, your name can determine how you are treated by others. Think of all the times when a person does not have a name, and instead we say, the American, the German, the Mexican, the Chinese, or the Russian. Each one of these terms, in a way, become names, and they can produce feelings and reactions, some good and some not so good. You can also think of unnamed characters in the Bible, specifically in the Gospels. The rich man, as in the parable of Lazarus and the rich man. The Roman centurion that wants Jesus to heal his sick slave. And one of the most famous unnamed characters in the Bible, and in our culture, the Good Samaritan. You can simply say the Good Samaritan, and almost anyone will understand the meaning behind those words, behind that name, without being a name. Now take the two disciples from the Gospel passage, Cleopas and the one with no name. When they are speaking to Jesus, we are told that they do not know who he is, and they do not know his name. Scripture doesn't say it, but it is reasonable to think that maybe they heard him speaking, and maybe, to them, he had an accent. Did they make conclusions about him because of his accent, his clothes, and the way he was walking? Would you? Would I? How many people do we meet in our daily lives and prejudge them because of their name, clothes, accent, the way they walk, the color of their skin? You know what? Let us be honest. Have we ever said, I don't see color when we meet someone for the first time? Actually, we all see color. The song, Play That Funky Music. You heard that song? That song does not say, Play that funky music, boy without color. It says, play that funky music, white boy. The important question is, how do we act, react, and treat that person, consciously or unconsciously, because of the color of their skin? We also prejudge people because of their gender, sexual orientation, religion, or lack of religion, nationality, political party, and so on. Maybe that same person has one arm or uses a wheelchair. Take the stranger that is talking to the two disciples. This stranger had a story to tell. He opens the scriptures to them, gives them a lot to think about, and later they ask him to stay with them for the night. They actually beg him to stay with them. St. Paul says in the 12th chapter of his letter to the Romans, 
to extend hospitality to strangers, making this just as important as letting love be genuine and holding fast to what is good, just as important as praying and being ardent in spirit. In fact, hospitality is framed as a way to, quote, serve the Lord. The opening of the 13th chapter of Hebrews says, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing that, some have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember those who are in prison as though you were in prison with them, those who are being tortured as though you yourselves were being tortured. When was the last time we put this part of scripture into action in the same way that we do with our favorite parts of the Bible? The gospel passage today says, When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed it and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. After they recognized him, his accent, his clothes, and all that stuff is irrelevant, it is pointless. And then these two disciples have a story to tell. When they meet the eleven apostles, we hear, The Lord has risen indeed. During and after this pandemic, we will meet people, just like this stranger, with no name, and they may be in our lives for a moment. But that single moment can change everything. For that matter, you and I can be that stranger in the lives of others. I ask you, my sisters and brothers, what are we going to bring to them? Are we going to add to their burdens or make them feel at ease? Will we make them smile or cry? Will they remain healthy or get sick because of us? What story are they going to hear from us? And what story are they going to tell others about us? In the 25th chapter of Matthew, we are told that the final judgment rests on how we treat the hungry, the thirsty, the prisoners, the sick. Sometimes when I bring this up and other parts of the Bible, that connect to how we treat others, I have been interrupted and told that I'm talking about salvation by works. And without getting into that argument, this is missing the point. In fact, one verse in particular connects to what we are facing right now in our towns, in our cities, in our countries, in our hospitals, our nursing homes. Jesus says, I was a stranger and you welcomed me. Look at it this way. How many of us know someone who is sick these days? Maybe you are sick right now. How many of us know someone taking care of us, taking care of the sick? And how many of them are strangers? Who is taking care of them? Who are these nameless doctors, nurses, and other healthcare workers? Don't they have families, loved ones? And a story to tell? Jesus has a story to tell us. You may be a stranger to many, and many may not know your name. In fact, maybe you tell them your name, and the person may not remember it, or simply ignore it, because they think that you must fit into certain boxes. And there you are, asking for water, for food, for a moment of dignity. 
But that same person could be the stranger tomorrow asking you for the same things. We are called to take that moment and be a nameless disciple of Christ. One simple way to do this, if you are able and or must go out for anything, is to wear a mask and do social distancing. That mask may not protect you, but if you are sick, that mask may spare others from being sick. Keeping social distancing may be getting on the way of us doing a lot of things, away from a job, or seeing a loved one. This is hard, but today it may let a child live another year. It may, it may allow a grandparent to see the grandchildren one more time in the future. It may allow someone to be closer to God, to be closer to loved ones, to be closer to strangers, and in turn, love God and love those strangers as neighbors. My friends, it is possible that during these extraordinary times, we come across a nameless stranger wearing a red shirt. We can make that person feel less like a red shirt during an away mission and more like an admiral. If you meet some of them, hey, greet them with a Vulcan hand salute, and from six feet apart, tell them, let me tell you a story. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth.
Let us take a moment of silence. Let us at this time prepare ourselves, prepare our minds, our hearts, and our souls to pray the Our Father in your preferred language, in your own way. I invite you now to pause the recording so that you may pray the Our Father in your own way, starting now. Welcome back. of the people. In peace, we pray to you, Lord God. For all people in their daily life and work, for our families, friends, and neighbors, and for those who are alone and those without work, for this community, the nation, and the world, for all who work for the testing, treatment, and cure for coronavirus 19, for the just and proper use of your creation, for the victims of pandemics, hunger, fear, injustice, and oppression, for all who are in danger, sorrow, or any kind of trouble, for those who minister to the sick, the friendless, and the needy, for the peace and unity of the Church of God, for all who proclaim the gospel and all who seek the truth. For Pope Francis, for Michael, our presiding bishop, for Barry and Susan, our bishops, for Father Mario, Father Boat, Deacon Carey, and for all our lay ministers. We thank you, Lord, for all the blessings of this life. We pray for all who have died, that they may have a place in your eternal kingdom. Let us pray for the special needs and concerns of this congregation and where you are right now. At this time, you can take a moment to pause the recording to offer your own prayers. Almighty and eternal God, ruler of all things in heaven and earth, mercifully accept the prayers of your people and strengthen us to do your will. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. This is Father Mario. Before our closing prayers, allow me to say, on behalf of the clergy, lay leaders, parishioners, and friends of the Church of the Holy Apostles, thank you. Thank you for praying with us today. I invite you to join us next Sunday, and please subscribe to our podcast to receive future episodes. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also find us on the web at one word holyapostlesvb.org. That's holyapostlesvb.org. 
or simply search for Church of the Holy Apostles, Virginia Beach, Virginia, and once again, thank you. The following prayer is usually recited as part of evening prayer, but as we continue to live in these extraordinary times, it is adapted for today. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Keep watch, dear Lord, with those who work or watch or weep this morning, afternoon, and night. And give your angels charge over those who sleep or are trying to get some sleep. Tend the sick, Lord Christ. Give rest to the weary, bless the dying, soothe the suffering, pity the afflicted, shield the joyous, and all for your love's sake. Amen. May the blessing of God Almighty, Padre, Hijo, y Espíritu Santo, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia.